Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and getting excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with me, Audrey Naidu. Today we continue the conversation we had with Andreas from episode 31, where we talked about digital transformation in the digital age. Today I thought we could flip it a bit and delve into how digital marketing is changing the marketing landscape. My guest is Jan Hildemeister. Jan is a partner and managing director at BCG Johannesburg Office. He leads the BCG's digital hub for Southern Africa and has extensively worked with incumbent companies to define and implement digital disruption in their respective industries. He's also a co-founder of Silicon Valley-based startup Freightstar and has deep expertise in working with established companies to drive digital disruption. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Morning, Audrey. Happy to be on the podcast. Jan, uh, you are based in Johannesburg for two years now. Prior to that, you spent 20 years in the heart of Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Tell us about your journey. Well, I think it's been it's been a very rewarding journey from my perspective. I think, um, you know, maybe to start out with the obvious sort of Silicon Valley is, a, is an amazing place, um, a place where a lot of stuff is happening, where tech is happening and so on. And um, it, it could be very easy to just sort of stay there and, and live your career there. But my family and I, a couple of years ago, made the decision that we really wanted to try something else and, and really live in a different part of the world. And coming to South Africa has actually been a really amazing journey for us, very rewarding um, from a personal perspective, but also from a professional, professional perspective, um, engaging with the whole ecosystem of South African companies and then specifically on the digital topic that we're going to talk about uh, today, I've learned a lot uh, in this, and uh, I really feel like I've also grown as a person. Yeah, no, that's awesome, uh, and I'm glad you you're enjoying Johannesburg. Um, Jan, I, I was quite intrigued to see that um, you have a PhD in physics, and now you are in digital. How how did you do this jump? Yeah, I. I think it was, you know, in some ways, it's more a jump from from physics to business than it is from physics to digital, because you know, 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of digital yet. And I will be honest, it wasn't the easiest jump. Um, but I did feel that at the end of having spent a lot of time uh, studying the sciences, I really wanted to explore and understand something else. And, and business um, stood out and consulting firms are, are fortunately places that are, you know, able to take in a wide range of different backgrounds. And I do think I still benefit from from that physics work in some ways a little bit. Uh, you know, my job is a very quantitative one and thinking in orders of magnitude is something that physicists are well trained to do. Uh, but I will also say, you know, the day I told my my father that I was going to become a consultant, he uh, he was just completely astonished. He said, you've just spent 10 years studying physics. And now you're doing something completely different. How does that make any sense? Um, I think in hindsight, it worked out well for me, but it was a bit of a jump. Yeah, no, that was very interesting. Um, I think we all find our place somewhere in life. We're not sure where, though. Yes, and I think sometimes um, it's not about the final place as, it, as much as it is about the journey to get there. Huh? Absolutely. So, Jan, let's get down to the topic today. And um, having spoken to Andreas, 
around um, marketing and transformation in the digital age. Today, I just want to delve more around the role of marketing within organizations. You and I briefly chatted about this, but what is your perspective on where marketing is going to? What's going on? What are some of the challenges that CMOs are being faced with currently? Yeah, so I think um, the first thing to acknowledge is that actually digital marketing isn't just sort of a bit of a change in tools and in flavor for the marketing function, but rather it is the advent of something fundamentally new. And I do think once you you take that thought, you realize that actually that has lots of implications, um, uh, certainly profound implications for the role of marketing within the organization. Um, the, the, the skill set and the, the things that marketing must do. Um, but then sometimes in some cases, it actually has such profound impacts even on all the other functions um, in a company, right? So digital marketing is really, um, it, it starts from a very different point than traditional marketing. M- much of traditional marketing was a very outbound activity. Um, it was about being creative. It was about putting things out there and seeing what worked, what what kind of messages you could get out there that, for example, would increase sales of your company. Um, and uh, But often also um, you know, challenged by the fact that it's not so easy to tie back the effects of marketing to the activity, to traditional marketing, right? You put on a TV ad, maybe you sell more, maybe you don't. Um, it's not so clear. Hopefully it did something for your brand, but measuring brand is also not the easiest thing in the world. Digital marketing is a completely different beast because it happens in, in millions of small events, right? It is um, very much about doing something, putting something in front of a single individual user often, and then seeing are they coming into your sales funnel somehow? Where are they coming in? Um, and then are you able to actually move them down the funnel from awareness to consideration to trial to purchase to repeat purchase all the way? And all these things in principle in, in, a, in a truly um, mature digital marketing organization, they're measurable. And I think this is one of the key things is the marketing function goes from something where you do good things and hope that good things happen to something where you do lots of small things. You always measure what happens. And A, you have proof to the organization now that what, what the effect of that spend of that activity actually was. But even more importantly, you can now change things, test things, um, refine things to increase the effect of what you're doing in marketing. So you're going from something that is a very creative function to something that is actually a much more, call it scientific, um, quantitative function. I think that's one important thing to realize about the marketing. Where's the balance between art and science in marketing? And basically what I'm seeing um, is that there's a distinct gap between traditional marketers and digital marketing. And I think in terms of way forward, because there's tons of debate in the markets in saying that why should we even have a digital marketing team? All marketers should be digitally informed. Uh, What is your thought around that? Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, I I already talked a little bit about the ethos of of a marketing organization, which tended to be very sort of we are creative as a maybe as a starting point. And in a digital marketing organization, that is a we are technical, we are automated, we are analytical. Um, And that already tells you that it's it's just a, a different set of skills. And I think it's important to acknowledge that that actually really means different structures, different processes, um, different capabilities. So to just sort of say, well, the the existing marketing organization just takes all that on, I think, um, may sometimes not be the right choice. And it um, um, 
it may uh, slow things down. So acknowledging that it's actually a new skill set and a new set of behaviors um, is important. And what we see in um, some companies who are taking this on successfully is that they are sort of having the traditional and the digital marketing team more exist side by side than to say it's all the same team. Yeah, I think that is quite a revelation because I feel it every day in my normal job is that you can't actually merge the two purely because there's there's two different capabilities that's required but you're right they would work side by side so how do you go about in your experience of running these type of digital disruption within marketing how do you go about now influencing the structure and the strategy in terms of how marketing should you know should be actually structured going forward so i mean from Look, I, I think it depends a little bit on what the organization is. Um, for many companies, this is a gradual transition. And frankly, in the beginning, they're putting a toe in the water and they're trying to build those capabilities. And there it makes sense to start with um, a relatively small core um, of folks who are um, starting to build out that digital marketing function. And year over year, of course, you're, you're increasing the ambition, you're taking on more. And you may over time also migrate some of the resources from the existing um, uh, marketing organization into that digital marketing arm. And actually a dynamic that we see out is that you sort of create separate budgets. It's often necessary just because the types of activities that the two sides will run are are very different in nature. Um, And what happens is that when digital marketing is run well and works well, it is of course able to come back to the um, organization with a very clear view of what did you actually get for that spend, return on marketing investment, um, in a way that traditional marketing just structurally typically cannot because they, they just don't have that level of data. And so you see then um, companies getting that and, and over time shifting some of the budget. Um, uh, it's a not a very high risk activity because you're getting good measurement for the new spend, right? So it's not, um, most companies won't sort of flip the switch and say now our marketing budget is digital and here we go but rather ease into it over a number of years. And that's also necessary because frankly, digital marketing needs quite a range of technical capabilities, which you don't just uh, turn on. They, they Sometimes they can be acquired through partnerships for outside vendors, but they need to be built over time. There's a lot of questions around data integration and so on that don't happen overnight. I think the speed and uh, the forcefulness with which that transition happens will then also really have to depend on what type of company it is. I think for many companies, it's fine to do it gradually over time. Some companies will discover that actually digital marketing is becoming a core competency or needs to become a core competency for them and that the economic benefits are are significant. And they will have to put the foot on the pedal more um, to just to to drive that transition harder. Yeah, um, I do agree with you. So Jan, you've mentioned that you worked across uh, financial and insurance and healthcare verticals. What are some of those insights coming from those streams? Um, you know, I, I'm in my mind, I feel that uh, insurance companies are much more progressive in terms of their uh, digital transformation journey. Um, and some of the other verticals seem to lag behind. Um, I wouldn't specifically draw a distinction between insurance and financial institutions. I think both of those um, uh, are generally, you know, structurally in some ways predisposed to digital transformation in general, Uh, not even talking about digital marketing here. 
um, simply because, you know, a bank and an insurance are a building that is filled with people and some furniture and computers in some ways, right? And that is, um, you know, the, the, it's very clear what the value proposition of data, better analytics, better customer journeys and so on uh, are. I think what hampers it a bit and holds it back is that those two industries are also very heavily regulated and therefore that's that's slowing down some of the digital growth. But if you contrast that with, say, a mining company that needs to dig underground and, and get ore out of the ground and process it, um, where there are also lots of digital levers, but but it's not sometimes as easy to go as fast as some of the financial institutions have done. Um, I think globally what we see is that there are, um, you know, clearly some institutions emerging as real leaders. Um, uh, um, and actually, we're seeing a lot of that happening in Asia uh, this week. There's a lot of news about Ant Financial going public and that possibly being the biggest IPO um, uh, in, in history. Um, and so that's, that's you know, it's, it's very clear there is already a cutting edge that, that's happening and it's not happening to the same degree in all industries. Um, if we then think about digital marketing, I don't yet have the sense that financial institutions are specifically on, on the cutting edge of that. Obviously, the companies that um, are using it very heavily and in some ways have defined it are, you know, internet companies are the Amazons of, of this world who in many ways have actually, you know, created the toolkits that is now available to all companies um, uh, to, to do digital marketing. Jan, what about the, the impact of tech? So where does that responsibility lies? Um, do you have a specific MarTech unit? Uh, sitting within the digital marketing team or how is this set out? Because traditionally, when we start to talk about tech, especially in large organizations, this generally sits with the IT um, divisions. Yeah. So I do think it's important to recognize that MarTech is is a deep and, and tech, very technical topic um, uh, with with very specific choices to be made. So I don't think companies typically are well served by just saying, well, that's about systems and software purchases and the IT department should sort it out because that's, that would be a very high expectation. I do think um, companies often benefit from getting some, especially in the early stages, some outside advice, some practical advice of what works, what doesn't work, where do you invest first and so on. And, um, and that those choices aren't just technical choices. They very quickly come back to business choices. Um, because you need to understand what types of digital marketing activities actually work work for your companies. What, what are you trying to optimize against? Is it really very much about the targeting of your marketing? Is it about um, uh, automating the activation? Um, is there a lot about measurement and attribution? All of those things are ultimately going to matter. But where you're going to invest first um, um, will, will be ultimately a business decision. And that is then also drives some of the technical choices in terms of where you go in the MarTech stack. So I do think um, a digital marketing function needs to become smart about that. And of course, partner typically with the IT organization then to ultimately make the choices, implement cho implementation choices and so on. Um, and it's not something that, that marketing can do on their own because we have to recognize that MarTech isn't just sort of a stack of nifty tools, it really comes to life when it integrates with the data systems that already exist within the company. For example, customer data, order data, um, um, transaction systems, those types of things. So I think both parties need to be involved and recognize that it's really um, a new set of tricks that they have to learn. 
Yeah, I think it's often a challenge if companies have legacy systems uh, overlaid with newer systems. So that difficulty in connecting the data points um, becomes, um, you know, cumbersome. And it's generally, um, you know, um, a very timeless and tedious process. Yeah, it is. But I think that's also real life, right? I, I think... I mean, you know, as a consultant, I work with many established and often very large companies. All of them have legacy systems, right? So it's very easy to sort of draw up uh, an ideal world in the MarTech stack to say, what should this look like? And then say, if, if we all did a, had a magic wand and all the legacy systems would go away um, and, and then, you know, here mm -hmm. it is. But that's not particularly helpful for companies. It's not realistic. That's not where they're starting. And that's also, you know, it would be too costly to do this and, and high risk often. Um, and it's a little bit also the tail wagging the dog because just because you want new marketing systems doesn't mean you would now um, take your core transaction system out. Right? So I do think what companies need to do is really think about how you decouple some of those core systems, which you will have for the foreseeable future and which are not easy to um, to replace um, and that are operating, if you will, at the speed of analog, at the traditional speed. Um, how do you decouple that from your digital activities and digital marketing would fall in, um, into that? Um, one thing we found quite effective there is to basically think about a meta layer, um, which, which is a, a place where a lot of the data lives and becomes accessible and which separates the core systems from all those digital initiatives, including digital marketing that you need to drive. And if it's structured well and it's engineered well, then um, what we find is actually it can be done in such a way that while the core systems still work on very slow timescales, you need to make a change to a core system, IT will probably tell you, okay, we'll put it in, into the pipeline, we'll discuss it, and maybe in three months we can change something. Digital can't move that way. It needs to be able to do something in a matter of weeks, sometimes in a matter of days if possible. And so if, if companies are smart about how they separate those two things and the, how they allow data to actually live in, in a separate layer, um, then, then individual initiatives can still move much, much faster. And um, it's, it's possible to largely decouple them from the speed at which core systems can change. Yeah, and so I think um, what you touch on is a very important point. Uh, often find that when you start speaking to um, IT and the tech and uh, CTO offices and stuff, there, there seems to be a resistance to engage with marketing, even digital marketing. So um, I think for me, the biggest challenge in this transformation, whether it's digital marketing or marketing, is around people and that cross-functional collaboration because this is now also shifting in terms of transformation is how do we start to build more agile cross-functional teams that get things done quicker? Yeah, yeah. I think in the case of digital marketing, um, that people challenge actually lives, lives very high up in the organization. I think it's essentially starts with the executive team. And I, I mean the executive team, not just the head of marketing or whoever owns um, on staff function. I think it's important to recognize that, you know, the, if there is marketing and they now say we're going to do digital marketing and it requires all this new stuff, for lack of a better word, and they knock on the doors of IT and say, hey, can you guys help us? We now want all these what seems to be fancy new toys. 
I think it's it's easy to see why that conversation doesn't always go well, or at least why those types of capabilities don't really get prioritized. Um, uh, IT is, of course, busy doing lots and lots of other things in most companies. So I think where I would actually start with that is not even with you know cross-functional collaboration and integration and those types of questions, but to actually say, does the company understand what it can do with digital marketing and what it wants to do with it? Because the reality is that um, digital marketing, if it exists in a team somewhere, uh, you know, on the third floor of a building, um, they can do great things, but but they're not going to have a ton of business impact. Where where digital marketing becomes very impactful is, for example, when let's say the head of sales, the sales department, catches on to the fact that actually marketing can provide something very different now. It's no longer oh we ran a commercial, we ran some print, we ran some out of home. And, and now we should just sort of make sure we refer to that when our salespeople call the customer. But rather, in many businesses, digital marketing can actually shift to providing real, tangible, individual leads. And then you can, and, and they're, they're, they're um, characterized and they're identified so that you can actually track them through the sales process, hopefully a digital sales process in most cases, um, and understand which leads are working, which are not. You can create feedback loops that then actually um, allow those leads to improve over time, all those kinds of things, right? If you think about it that way, then suddenly a lot of people in the company should get very interested in digital marketing and they should actually in many ways become much more demanding of it than they were ever allowed to be of marketing. Um, both to ask questions of what is our ROI, what is what is the payback or what is our cost per, um, per customer, not just per lead, right? Um, but then also to say we need to f become far more integrated. We need to give more information back to the marketing function about where we're selling, what we're selling, and so on. And, and these things need to become more integrated. When the management team starts to understand those things and think about marketing in a new way, then I think it also becomes more possible for the rest of the organization to catch on to that and for IT to recognize, okay, we're actually now um, – uh, pursuing fundamentally different business objectives and therefore it does make sense to devote IT capabilities to that and this isn't just something this isn't a fad this is just something we need to solve this week but rather we're actually starting to build a new capability for the company yeah I think if marketing is structured and has the right resources and uh, support and commitment it can be a very powerful growth engine for uh, for an organization I mean I've seen it work it 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 can be very successful the thing is the I feel that the, the larger the organization the more obstacles are in the way so building those small use cases become important in in terms of getting buy-in and support, in terms of growing this entity. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, the mindset should be that marketing earns the right for those resources, not that they sort of just get like top-down decreed, right? I think, as I said, the, the new um, weapon that digital marketing creates for the marketing function is that they can actually really measure what happens and and demonstrate what they got for the money and i do think that becomes a very strong value proposition to the organization to say last year you gave me this much and here's what we got for it and here's i can demonstrate that there's good roi for it and i also can show that we're improving roi over time uh and therefore you should give me more right so i think that's that's also the gradual transition as opposed to the flipping the switch 
So uh, the question I want to ask you is around the skill set. Is what type of individuals you believe should be leading a digital marketing team? Yeah, I was alluding a little bit um, to it in the beginning, right? It is, um, it's, it becomes a more quantitative, analytical exercise in many ways, and I do think that digital marketing is quite tech heavy. Um, so you know, putting a, a good stack in place is not an easy exercise. Uh, so I do think a leader needs to bring those two things, enough of a technology understanding. That doesn't mean they need to be uh, an IT architect or developer themselves, but they need to be conversant enough in that language that they can really engage with the technical team and, and ask the, the harder, the probing questions of long-term viability and, and, and practicality of the system, those types of things. Um, and then it needs to be someone who really embraces that um, analytical mindset to create feedback loops everywhere um, in, in every aspect of the business. We're doing things, what happens? Uh, you know, I mean, I, sort of one of the fundamental concepts of digital marketing is A-B testing. In the past, we hired a great creative thinker to say we want to make that ad with, you know, these types of things in the background and that color scheme and so on. Today, the approach is a bit different. We actually allow, enable the machine to create many different combinations, different images, different colors, all those things. And then we just put it out there and then you just measure what works better with customers, right? That's, that's just a, a different way of thinking. And I do think um, a leader in the digital marketing function needs to, to really you know, be behind that. So you touch on a very important point in terms of creating a fail fast culture um, and continuous experimentation because no one has the answer and it's actually a bespoke solution to the organization type of customers you have, the type of products you're selling to market. So my question back to you is, um, in your experience, have you seen um, um, struggle for companies to actually adopt this type of culture? Yeah. In fact, I would go a step further and say the culture is by far the biggest challenge in all of this. Um, you know, getting systems in place, making IT investments, thinking about data structures, um, building algorithms, these are all things that push companies to do new things, to bring in some people with new skill sets and so on. But in some ways, the pathway to that is quite linear. You know, you hire the right guy or gal who is very analytical, who is maybe a data scientist, bring in the people who understand the architecture and you make reasonable choices and you, you find your way there. I do think that the, the cultural journey is, is a very different one. Um, and, you know, we, you just talked about, you, you used the word fail fast, but then you also uh, used the word experimentation. Um, for that to work, for companies to learn fast, maybe that's a, a good way to, to think about it. They need to do things in very short, rapid iteration loops. If there is a digital team that is you know, building something, could be a system, could be a digital customer journey, or could be just working on some of these digital marketing topics, they need to be able to try things, to put something out there, uh, a minimal, minimum viable product, and then see what happens and measure the responses from customers, from users. Is the user uptake? Do they understand how they make it through the journey that we've laid out for them? Do they get lost somewhere? Do they fall off? Or do I get them to actually buy things? And then the key thing is to, to turn that around and to learn very um, quickly and to change something to make it better and to make it better, to ultimately build what, what Silicon Valley often calls the product market fit, right? 
Um, so, so speed is of the essence, not because the whole company needs to transform to digital within weeks or something like that, but because of this um, need for feedback loops and experimentation that you talked about. Um, to get to speed, companies actually do need to do a lot of things um, uh, differently. And I think maybe the most fundamental cultural challenge, and that's true for almost all sort of, you know, conventional or, or non-digital companies that I've run into is that it drastically changes the use of control versus empowerment and giving top-down direction versus creating alignment between the different activities. That's, that's a big shift. And I will say, I mean, one of the challenges is just that all um, traditional companies tend to have a relatively strong element of control in in, or most of them, at least, in terms of how they run the business. And that's a deeply, deeply uncomfortable thing for, for executives, for leaders to give up to say, well, actually, we're not going to approve this in a meeting anymore. In fact, we will st um, spend a lot more time aligning on what we actually need to accomplish. But then we will um, empower relatively junior teams to make decisions that in the past needed to uh, to go through approval cycles and alignment cycles and so on, simply to get to um, to more speed. And I think that in, in, in that thing is one of the, the key stumbling blocks for many organizations where they say, oh, no, let's do all these digital things. Let's create agile teams and squads and tribes and, and all those things. But let's make sure that everything is still properly controlled and we're using the same um, processes, the same mechanisms, the same governance that we have used to run our business traditionally. Bang on. I mean, I'm just nodding my head when you're speaking because I can relate to every single thing you've said. So what would be a probable solution to this dilemma? Yeah, look, um, I mean, some companies have, have started on that journey. And I do think it is important for executive teams to actually expose themselves to that, to talk to some companies that are already a bit down that journey to say um, they have actually gone from from the very traditional way of managing um, to changing some of those things. What were their challenges? What have they actually done? What's working? What's not working? Um, I think it's it's very hard for a company to look inside and to have an internal dialogue and figure this out. It, I think looking externally is, is a very important element in that. Um, and then I, I also think, you know, there are some companies that have decided to do a uh, a big bang event to really transform the whole company at once. Um, we often refer to that as agile at scale. So agile is, is very well known and is a buzzword everywhere. Um, but the anchor point of it is often the teams that actually develop the code and how they do that. Agile at scale now refers to, um, to the fact that the rest of the organization, think about functions that tick very differently, risk management, legal, finance, right, that they start to engage with um, with those development teams also in an agile fashion, that they join those teams, become um, part of tribes and, and those types of things. And um, and it is clear that this is there's now enough evidence to say this actually works. Companies can do it, but it is a massive journey. And for many companies, I think it will be more palatable and probably more realistic to say, let's actually identify some islands, some pockets within the company um, maybe some subdivisions or something and start there and make it work there as opposed to uh, try to do it company-wide right from the beginning. Yeah, I think you've given us some serious food for thought. 
Um, Jan, in terms of um, closing out the conversation, what would you like to leave our listeners in terms of where do you see digital marketing moving toward in the next three to four years? Yeah, um, so I think for many companies, it will be a gradual progression to start to um, understand those the toolkits more to build some of those um, technical capabilities to bring in the skill set of individuals and so on. For some companies, that's fine. Some companies really need to ask themselves, how central will this be to who we are? So if you're a consumer packaged goods for a company, for example, you know, will you really engage with your customers or are you going to leave that to the retailer who's selling your products? Um, and that that's going to drive some choices. Some companies will really have to um, uh, accelerate. And I think there's a bit of a tendency to say we're easing into this, we're experimenting with it, and we're very heavily relying on the partners we already have, let's say agencies, to do it. Um, and there you really have to ask the question of are you what is the right ambition for some companies that may be perfectly fine for others they may recognize that some of these things they actually have to bring in house and they really have to learn it um, and then I think the other thought that that was important to me in our conversation is that it isn't something that the marketing team or the chief marketing officer will solve on their own it really is a journey in bringing um, along several of the other functions and often the whole exco team in some ways to say this is turning to something else you need to demand new things of it you need to ask different questions of it you should actually ask for evidence tell me how much am i getting from a marketing spend but you also need to recognize that when you're seeing the returns that you then need to make active investments in it right it's it's not something that sort of can just happen in a in an organic way there's there are moments when you just turn on um, parts of the MarTech stack and that costs some money and there's a learning function and all those kinds of things and companies do need to invest in it. No, that's amazing advice. So Jan, thank you so much for your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Audrey. I also really enjoyed it. Okay. Bye-bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.